Yechesko chapter 38. Yechesko chapter 38 and 39, these two chapters are devoted to a prophecy which will take place in the future. B'acharit HaShonim, it says in verse number 8. Miyomim rabim tipoked b'acharit HaShonim. After a long time, in the distant future, there will be a story of a collection of nations that gather together, that appear upon the hills of Israel, and have a great battle. And this is the story of Gog in the land of Magog. Verse number two, Beladam Simpanecha El Gog, Eretz HaMagog, Nesiro Meshech B'Tuval, Finavayalav, the prophecy of Gog. Sometimes it's called the prophecy of Gog and Magog. That's actually not correct. The nation that's being described over here is Gog. Gog that comes from the land of Magog. The truth of the matter is that the name Magog appears earlier in the Torah. When the Torah details the sons of Noah, the generations of Noah, and one of Noah's sons was Yefet, Shemcham and Yefet, and Yefet has a son named Magog. So there we have the name Magog. But Gog is not mentioned there. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, is not mentioned at all. So I wonder about Gog Me'eretz HaMagog. And I'll make a suggestion, which you might call kind of Jerush, kind of homiletic suggestion, but I believe it has some force to it. And that Gog and Magog, Gog Me'eretz HaMagog, I would suggest is related to the word Gog. Now the word Gog means a roof. A roof means the highest place. So, for example, there's another name of a king that appears three times in the whole Bible. Once in the Torah, once in the prophecies of Bilam, and once in the book of Esther. Actually, it appears a fourth time. It appears in the book of Samuel. And that is the name Agag. Agag. So, Agag is the king of Amalek. Haman is an Agagite. And... Uh, Three times, in the prophecies of Bilam, in the book of Esther, in the book of Samuel. And Agag, I think, too, is related to a roof. A roof is the highest place. And Bilam spoke about the kings of Israel, His prophecy shall be, his kingship shall be higher than Agag. His kingship shall be raised up. With Haman as well, with all that Achashverosh appointed Haman the Agagite. He raised his throne, his chair, above all the others. So the idea of Agag and the idea of Gog is the idea of height. It's the idea of the roof. The roof is the highest place. The Torah says when you build a house and you have a roof, put a parapet around your roof. Lest the person fall from the roof. Roofs are dangerous places. And they're dangerous places precisely because they're high places. In the book of Samuel, for example, David's troubles start when he walks on the roof, David and Bathsheba. The roof figures prominently in the book of Samuel. I can't get into that now. But my point over here about Gog, Me'eretzama Gog, is that it probably is related to what we saw earlier in prophecies about the nations. When Yechesko prophesies about the nations, he mentions several nations. But the two main ones he mentions are Tsar, 
and Mitzrayim. In each of those two cases, Tsar and Mitzrayim are faulted because they think they're more than human. They think they are godlike. Pharaoh said, I have created the Nile. I am the Nile, I have created the Nile. Tsar thinks that Tsar is God. Tsar is very beautiful and perfect and wise. You think you're God. You'll discover you're not God. So here in this description of the War of Gog, a war at the end of days, where God does battle against the nations. It's a prophecy about the nations of the world. Because the book of Yechezkel, the God of Yechezkel, is a God of the world. Yes, God will establish God's place in Israel. Yes, that's true. But the book is really about God's presence in the entire world. And God, in a sense, is in opposition to the kings of the world, because of the kings of the world, by definition, human kingship for Yechezkel is highly problematic. Yes, it's true that Yechezkel is not opposed to King David, or as Yechezkel puts it, my servant David, because it is possible for Yechezkel that the king could represent God's will. That's the ideal. That's Avdi David in the book of Yechezkel. But for the most part, the default is that the kings do not represent God's will. The kings see themselves as God, which runs completely counter to the idea of Yechezkel, which is all about establishing God's place in this world. It's all about the place in this world. There are other places in the book of Yechezkel. There's Sha'ol. There's another world which Yechezkel describes in great detail, where the kings end up for the most part. That's a different world. Then there was a world prior to our world, the Garden of Eden. That's the world from which the human was banished. And then Yechezkel envisions another world, a world in the distant future. And part of that is ridding the world of the others who would, who might be king. And that's the story of Gog from the land of Magog in chapters 38 and 39. And that, I believe, is also one of the reasons that the book of Yechezkel will end with the last nine chapters, beginning in chapter 40, till the end, with this quite elaborate description of the future temple. We'll get to the future temple, which is the last nine chapters of the book, and we'll discuss that in some detail. But here we come to the other part of it, the end of day's war between God and these nations led by Gog. Now it's important to realize that this is not the only prophecy we have about the end of days. There are other prophecies within a prophetic tradition about the end of days as well. There's the prophecy in the book of Yoel, very beautiful prophecy in the book of Yoel. There is the prophecy that appears, and maybe we'll have a chance a little bit later to comment on this as well. There's a prophecy that appears at the end of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is a later prophet, and that appears towards the end of the Treos of the Twelve Minor Prophets. And there's a lengthy prophecy at the very end of the book of Zechariah, which seems to be connected to, related to, the prophecy of gold. Perhaps in our study, chapter 39, we'll have an opportunity to reference that. But in any event, we have a prophecy of the end of days, and but each prophecy is different, each prophet is different, each prophet has a different message and a different style. 
Let's let's look at our chapter, chapter thirty-eight. So it starts by Yechezkel being told to turn towards Gog, the head of Meshech Tuval, and prophesy concerning him. And the prophecy is that in verse number five, Veshovav Ticha v'Natati Chayim Bilchayecha. I will put hooks in your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in splendor, a vast assembly, with bucklers and shields, wielding swords. Then it mentions the different nations that are with them. It's not just gold. It's Persia, it's Nubia, it's Puts, Gomer, Beto Garma, list of nations. Be ready and prepare yourselves. You and all the battalions mustered about you. Hold yourself in reserve for them. In the distant time you will be summoned. In the distant future you shall march against the land of a people restored from the sword. That's how Israel is described over here. Mishovevet mecherev, mekubetzet meamim rabim, gathered from many nations. On the mountains of Israel, nation, a nation that was taken out of other nations. Those are the prophecies of chapter 36. And now they dwell in, in, in security. Shall advance like a storm. Like a cloud that covers the earth. You and your cohorts, Amim Rabim Otach. So many nations come into the land for a great battle. And in that time, Yechezkel says, describes what they might be thinking, what this horde might be thinking. You're probably thinking, wicked designs. You say, I'm going to come into a land, I'll come to, into a land which things are open. And it will come to those who dwell in harmony, dwell in security. People lacking bars and gates, people living in unwalled towns, easy prey. They live in, in harmony and security. is the positive prophecy of the book of Vayikra. If you keep my commandments, they're not concerned about the other. They're living in safety and security. And you think it's an opportunity to despoil them. And therefore, in verse number 14, It will come to pass in that time when you come to attack those that dwell in security. And you come from distant places. You come from your faraway place. Koamar Hashem, in verse 17, You should know, interesting comment, you should know that what's going to happen is that which I have already told my other prophets, my servants, from ancient days, from a long time ago, that there will be a day, there will be a time, when a great war will ensue, a great war will happen. And I said, says God, 
in my defense, in my blazing wrath, Bikinati, in Lobayomahu, at that time, Yarash Gadola, there'll be a great noise, a great sound. And all of creation will tremble. The fish of the sea and the birds and the animals, and the mountains will fall, and the cliffs will topple, and the walls will fall, and I will declare war, says God, one against the other, and I will punish them, in verse 22, Bedam, with plague and with blood, Geshem Shotef, with pouring rain, Avnei El Gabish, hailstones and sulfurous fire, the Gavrit, Amtiel Alavi Alagapav, Vitkadalti, Vitkadashti, Vinodati, I will be known, be magnified and exalted and sanctified before the nations, before many nations. They will know that I am God. Once again, that phrase, Viadu Kiani Hashem.